Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Rumblings Podcast 11111 Explanation Explanation 11111111 Just kidding, there's only three ones. This time I talk about Remember Me, which I should have been mentioning in the news as coming out soon, but I pre-ordered it and then I guess I kind of forgot about it. Because usually pre-order stuff, you know, you do it two or three months in advance and I tend to like to keep the news to like one month or less. And so I just kind of forgot about it. And now it's out. I talk about an iOS game, Warhammer Quest, which is sort of a digital version of a very old board game. Warm Bodies released on physical media. So I rented that. So I will ramble about that. And I have two fan-made internet Star Trek shows which I will talk about and compare. So there's a lot of stuff this time, and hopefully you'll enjoy the show. Remember Me is made by Don't Nod Entertainment and distributed by Capcom. It is out for Windows, PlayStation 3, and Xbox 360. So far, I have played somewhere between 5 and 6 hours. So this is not a review in the sense that I had completed the game. The story about Neo-Paris, which is you know a future version of Paris... And the people who live in it, you know, that you interact with during your adventure, are all very awesome. The city is very well flushed out. There's quite a bit of history in the little side stories and and things you look at. And the people are all very solid and very real characters. The graphics are gorgeous without a lot of technical power required to run them. I don't know if there's a difference in the quality between the PC and the consoles. I don't think it's using DirectX 11 or any special effects that the consoles cannot do. So I would guess that it probably is very similar, if not the same, on consoles and PC. The music is really good. It's actually one of the few game soundtracks I decided to purchase. But a lot of the music seems to be sort of reused quite a bit. Like I've noticed, the combat music seems like it's the same music all the time. In terms of gameplay, it's kind of a mix between the recent Batman games, both Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. It's part fighting game, and it's part Tron 2.0, which came out quite a while ago, so probably not many of the listeners have actually played that. To expand on those ideas for those who have not played those games... It feels like the same sort of basic combat as Batman in that you can be surrounded by a number of bad guys anywhere between, you know, two bad guys and I guess I've seen maybe about six or eight bad guys at a time. Thankfully, they don't put you in too bad of situations, so they're they're usually pretty manageable. My one gripe about this kind of combat design is that if you aren't careful, 
the camera can get into some really bad angles and you'll be like fighting bad guys and you won't see half of the other bad guys. It is mostly forgivable, but I think it could certainly benefit from some tweaking and, you know, a little bit better design in terms of where the camera pans. Because it doesn't seem to auto pan at all. It just kind of seems to stay in the place you put it. And so, like I said, you know, that can be kind of problematic at times. Especially in some of the arenas they have you fight in. Some of them are like really tight hallways. And if you go up, you know, against the side of the wall that's on the short end, you're not going to be able to see hardly anything. It's part fighting game in that you need to sort of do combo moves to do like a lot of damage or whatever you pick. As you gain experience, you unlock different things. Some will do damage and some will do healing and some will regenerate your special powers. And you pick where to put them in the combo, but the combo itself is kind of set. Like the first basic combo you get is for the gamepad I'm using is XXX. And then the next combo is YXYXY. But you know, if those are damage or healing or regenerating my power will depend on which stuff I've unlocked and where I put it in that chain. However, this might be a bit difficult for some. I have never been really good at remembering combos or pulling combos off. So while at its core, it's very much like the Batman Arkham games in that, you know, you're surrounded by bad guys and you can dodge and you can, you know, attack different ways. It has these combos that you really kind of want to get in you know, and chain properly. And for me, you know, sometimes I can pull it off and it's really great, and sometimes it's not. I do have to say it's really cool in that you can pick, you know, like I said, which go where in the combo itself. So like my XXX combo is all straight damage, you know, as much damage as I can do. And then the YXYXY one has regeneration built in so I can get some of my health back. You can change that and uh, set it up how you like. But like I said, you can't change the combo itself that is set by the game. At the point I'm at, at five to six hours in, I think I've got four possible chains unlocked and I'm only using three of them because one of them is just way too long and confusing for me to remember. Like I said, I'm not good at combos and other people who are not good at combos might equally be confused by that as well. It's also similar to Tron 2.0, which again, like I said, probably not many of you played. But as you gain powers and continue in the story, you'll get these sort of cybernetic powers. They're based on memory, but they're kind of cybernetic in nature. And they exist in sort of a layer on top of the real world. So you have this sort of, you know, cyber world on top of the real world. Every now and then you will run into a place where you do a memory remix challenge. And in the five to six hours I have played, I have done three of these. So they're actually pretty rare. I would say you probably run into one about every hour and a half, I would guess. And I probably don't spend all that much time on them. It probably only takes me maybe 15 minutes to figure out what to do. They're kind of limited in, you know, the options you have to change the memory and make it do whatever the goal is. Usually it's to alter the memory into, you know, a certain result. But this game, pretty cool. I would say overall the game is very cool, but it seems kind of like it switches between those sort of aspects and you'll get like a lot of story 
and then you'll get a lot of fighting, and then you'll get some memory remix stuff. So it's got kind of a lot going on, and it's very cool that, you know, there are these different things. But for some people, it might be a little bit too mishmashy, I guess. For those who really want to focus on the story, I would say you might want to play it on easy. That way, you know, the combat is easier and you get, you know, more time with the story and you don't have to worry about combat so much. I am playing on whatever the medium difficulty is. They gave them special names, so it's not technically medium, quote-unquote. And it's been a good mix of, you know, challenge and not too challenging. Honestly, the parts I've been frustrated with are kind of more scripted events. Like, you have to go in a certain pattern, or you have to push the buttons in a certain order. And those kind of things have frustrated me more than, you know, the overall difficulty of the game. I would say so far, I definitely like it, but like I said, it's it's definitely going to attract a different kind of player because there are so many different kind of things going on. But if you enjoy all of those things, I would say it's worth picking up. If you were expecting a lot of memory remixes, which is kind of how the early news coverage and the sort of announcements kind of made it seem like it was going to be, this is really not how it turned out. There's way more combat than there is memory remixing. So if you're expecting a lot of story and a lot of memory remixing, you know, there is a large portion of combat that's going to be in the way of that. If you really like the combat and you don't necessarily like the story, you're going to have to suffer through it. There are points where it will go kind of on and on for a little bit, introducing the characters and talking about the story, and there doesn't seem to be a way to skip it. Also, it uses a checkpoint system. So if you happen to leave the game right after a big story, you're going to see the big story right when you come back again. So I recommend, you know, if you don't want to see the same big long story, you know, twice in a row, log out somewhere that's just, you know, a random place. You cross a line and it it happens to save the game. Do it there, you know, not right after a big story changing point. I like it very much. If you enjoyed Batman Arkham City and Arkham Asylum and you are looking for a game that has that kind of combat, I would say you will definitely find that here. Additionally, there is a large portion of story, so if you enjoy story and hearing about the world, you'll get plenty of that. The remixes are very cool and interesting, but like I said, there don't seem to be that many of them. And because of the nature of just how much story there is, because of how sort of limited the memory remixes are, I really don't see there being a lot of reason to replay the game. So I would say it's probably one of those games you're going to play through once, and then you probably won't really be all that interested in playing through again, because it would basically be the same thing you just did the first time. So I would say it's a really cool game. If you enjoy sort of futuristic, cyberpunkish type things, you might want to give it a look. However, if it doesn't sound like, you know, exactly the kind of blend of stuff you are looking for, you might want to wait a bit and see if it's going to go, you know, on sale or drop in price. I would guess this probably is not going to go very mainstream. So it wouldn't surprise me if the price dropped fairly quickly, maybe two or three months. It might be, you know, quite a bit lower than launch price. And you can pick it up for the cheap then.
So I got Warhammer Quest for my iOS device, which right now is my phone. There's not really a whole lot of comments I have for it or review type stuff. I've only played it maybe two hours. I could have played it considerably more than that. In terms of does your music or podcast play while the game is running, it does. The game sounds seem to sort of overlay onto, you know, whatever it is you're listening to. So if you just want to listen to like a podcast or music, you have to mute the game sounds. The game graphics seem adequate. I mean, they, they are serviceable and decent. But there's really not a whole lot going on. And that's one of the main reasons why I'm not as interested in it as I thought it would be. It's kind of like there's these figures on a board, you know, a digital version of an old school board game. And that's pretty much all they've done. It's like if you've got a fighter and you want to attack, he'll move forward and his piece will kind of slide forward. And then he attacks, he'll like swing and bend over a little bit. But that's really the extent of the animations. They aren't terribly interesting. The sounds are okay. The music is okay. There's a lot of story for the questing, so that's pretty cool. But, I mean, it's just reading text. I mean, it's not, you know, anything super fancy. And the game itself, like I said, seems like pretty much a direct translation of a board game. So it's not that interesting to see or, you know, watch in motion as I thought it might be. But if you are a hardcore Warhammer fan, you might want to pick up Warhammer Quest. It was kind of pricey. I think I paid about 5 bucks for it. I would say that's probably not going to be very well received. It's probably going to drop down to 2 or 3 bucks pretty quickly. Because like I said, I'm not that thrilled with it. I, I think it's okay. But I'm not going to tell you listeners to run out and buy it. You know, especially if you're not a hardcore Warhammer fan. It's cool, but I definitely do not have an uncontrollable urge to keep playing. Like I said, I've only played a few hours, and I could have played considerably more. So it's fun, but I don't think it's maybe all that fun. I would say on a scale of maybe 1 to 5, I would give it maybe a 3, or you know maybe 75% if it's on a percent. So it's okay, but it's not uh, amazing. And there are some microtransactions. You can buy different additional characters. I don't think it's really critical that you do that. So it's not like, you know, they're going to microtransaction you to death. That big, you know, bulk-based price is pretty much all you need to spend. But there are, you know, other things you can buy through microtransactions. So that's kind of odd. But I guess, you know, whatever. It, It helps some people play and enjoy the game. And it's cool if you are into that. But if you're not, like I said, the base price is all you need to pay. Sitting here in limbo But I know it won't be long Sitting here in limbo Like a bird without a song So if I haven't mentioned it before I work in basically a basketball gym. I am the facilities manager, which basically means I open the doors and then sit on my butt for five hours during my shift and then lock the place up. 
that gives me a lot of time to, you know, play my games or watch movies or, you know, if I, I have a class, I'll, I'll do homework sometimes. This last work shift, I was surprised to see at my local Redbox rental thing, Warm Bodies is out. I remember that came out around Valentine's Day. And I was kind of interested in seeing it, but I knew it was kind of, you know, a date movie kind of thing, and so I didn't go see it. But now I have. It is a zombie movie. It is set in the future, but not very far in the future. Unlike most zombie movies where they start at, you know, the beginning of the collapse of civilization, or maybe they're somewhat in the middle of the zombie apocalypse, and, you know, people are trying to survive, and it's a story about them surviving... Warm Bodies actually starts kind of at the end of the zombie apocalypse. It's basically a story about a boy zombie who is a bit unusual. Much of the movie has sort of voiceover dialogue about what he's saying in his head. And he is still functional, you know, as a person in his head. But his body, you know, no longer really follows what he wants it to do. He meets a human girl. And instead of eating her, he decides to keep her safe from the other zombies and helps her to escape. And while he's hiding her, he slowly begins to change away from being, you know, this zombie that can't really do very much into being more and more human. Throughout the movie, there is conflict and change between not just the main character, but other zombies as well. And there's a sort of conflict between you know, themselves as zombies. You know, they don't remember how they became zombies, but they know, you know, they don't want to be zombies and they don't want to kill people. So there's the self in our conflict. And then there's the obvious conflict with the human survivors who are trying to, you know, just survive and live. And then there's this other group that these zombies call bones and that the humans call skeletons. And these are sort of like totally feral, crazy zombies that aren't really zombies anymore because they're pretty much just blackened the skin that's taut really tight over their bones but they obviously still have muscles because they still walk around and such. I won't go into any of the real details because it kind of becomes spoilery if I talk more about you know theories and what's going on in the movie. I would say though that this is probably one of the best Valentine's Day movies I have seen. It is very romantic and moving. And according to my new movie rating system, I would say definitely watch it, possibly buy it. Depends on how into zombie movies you are or romantic comedies. Kind of falls into either category. You can have popcorn with it if you like, but I think it would be much better as sort of a date night dinner. I don't know if you want to have the dinner, you know, during the movie, because the start of the movie is kind of gross-ish. It's not super gross, though. I mean, for a zombie movie, it's actually quite mild. But, you know, they're zombies, so not so good with the eating. But, you know, I would say a fancier actual dinner or a date night type dinner instead of, you know, casual popcorn. And along with that, you know, watch it with a sweetie or, you know, a date type situation if you have people you're dating. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, 
to seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. So the first of the internet Star Trek shows I have to talk about is called Star Trek Continues. It is a brand new show, and they just put up their first full episode. It is a regular length show, so it's almost 50 minutes, I think. It is a web series, so you're not going to find it on cable TV. At least, I don't think you will. And I'm not sure how they got the rights for the permission to use, you know, the Star Trek name in terms of the licensing, or how they got the sets, or the sound, or the music, or to be able to use the original classic Star Trek crew names and the actors are even trying to act like the original actors. So I'm not sure how they got permission for any of that, but that is the style they are going for. As the name implies, they're trying to continue from where the old original classic Star Trek left off. The writing also has a very old school style. They're kind of trying in every way to emulate, I guess, all of the various aspects of the original classic Star Trek. The acting is kind of meh. They're like, you know, okay actors. They're not great and they're not super terrible. As I said, the sets and the sounds and the music are all dead on because they're pretty much exact duplicates of the original. I think the music is all of the actual original music. There are occasionally shots of, you know, external views of the ship and You know, these are obviously done in modern times. Again, I don't know how they got permission, but they are dead on. It's like the actual original models or, you know, very close, you know, remakes of, you know, what the original would have looked like in, you know, modern times. But again, you know, they're going for very classic old school style. They haven't changed or updated anything to make it different. I found the show interesting and I'm curious to see where it goes. All of the old school elements, like I said, were dead on. The actors were okay. The script was pretty good. And I'm really curious to see where they're going to go with it in the future. Like I said, there's only the one episode. So I guess you could say it could go either way. It could become better or it could, you know, just become worse. I honestly think it would have been a lot better if they had gone with a different crew. But, you know, still used the same sets and the same music and the same timeline and everything, I think I would have enjoyed it much better. Because the actors, aside from maybe the actor playing Kirk, really don't look like the people they're trying to portray. And even though they're trying to act like them, you know, they're not very close. Except for the person who's playing Scotty, who is actually the actor of Scotty's son. Which I find really kind of cool. He does have an accent which is dead on to his father, but who knows, that could be because that was a real accent. And so, you know, it's very easy for him to copy. Like I said, I think this one is worth watching if you are really interested in that kind of thing. I thought it was pretty cool, and like I said, I am interested to see where they go with it in the future.
Another internet-based web series based on the classic Star Trek is called Star Trek Phase 2. This one I was surprised to find out is actually quite old. It started in 2004, so it's almost 10 years old, but they only seem to come out with an episode every few years. There are only six episodes available online, and you would think, you know, for something that's been out almost 10 years, there would be way more there than there actually is. Again, I have no idea how they got permission for the original sets, the original sounds, the original music, or, you know, again, how they got permission to use the original crew names. There is a disclaimer on, you know, the very first part of each show, at least I assume, I only watched one show, that says, you know, that this is copyright of CBS and they don't own the rights, etc. So maybe they didn't, and they're just, you know, going by some rule that lets them sort of use that stuff without actually having permission Like Star Trek Continues, which I just spoke about, they are also going for, you know, continuing the original classic Star Trek-type episodes. However, unlike Star Trek Continues, they are not trying to act like the original characters, though they are using the same names. The writing seems kind of bad. It's not really in line with the original style. Modern slang and sayings are not uncommon to hear. And the dialogue is really extremely basic, kind of like a daytime soap opera. And there's really a lot of, I guess you could call it pointless banter, between sort of lesser characters. And it's like they're trying to brag to one another, which just doesn't even really make any sense. I'd also say that a lot of the acting seems like they just don't really care. Like they're all, hey, I'm so cool to be on a show that's, mimicking the original classic Star Trek. I don't even try to act well. As you might guess, I feel just kind of meh about this one, and I don't really recommend people watch it. I mean, if you're curious, you know, absolutely go check it out. But I myself, uh, I, I barely got through one episode, and I was like, I'm I'm done. This is too far off the mark to not even remotely be interesting to me. And while I am certainly curious to see where Star Trek continues goes, I really don't have any interest in checking out the rest of the episodes for Phase 2, because it really just seemed like they didn't care, which I know is not the case. But it kind of comes off like that. I mean, you know, the writing is just like they aren't being careful to avoid modern terms and sayings, and the characters just There's a lot of dialogue that either just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense or doesn't serve much purpose other than to further the overall story. You know, this is line A, this is line B, and this is line C. And we're just going to let different characters say the different lines just so they have something to say. You know, it's not like, I I guess I could call it intelligent script writing. I don't know what the official term would be. But I don't know, it just really didn't seem all that interesting to me. I don't mean to sound mean or anything, but it seemed kind of like too low level. It certainly seemed like they could have done a better job with, you know, script writing and acting. And and, uh, I don't know. I was just not really impressed with the script writing or acting. And I will pass on this one.
we have a decent amount of news this time. NVIDIA Series 7 has now launched their GTX 770. And this replaces the previous generation's cards of both the 670 and 680. It performs a little bit better than the GTX 680. So there's really no reason at all to even look at the 670 or 680 anymore. Unless maybe, you know, you have one already and you want to get a second one to run in SLI. The GTX 770 is launching at around 400 bucks. Depending on which version you get, it'll be, you know, slightly more if it's overclocked. But that is actually kind of cheaper than some of the 680s out now. So again, you know, from a price standpoint as well, there's really no reason to look at the older 670 or 680. Still no sign of the mainstream, you know, theoretical 760. But I'm sure since the 770 came out so quickly after the 780, I'm sure the 760 can't be far behind. Intel also launched a new chipset which is the 1150. It's kind of sad for desktop owners because there's really no improvement over the previous generation socket 1155. In terms of power and performance, it's pretty much about the same level for about the same price point. So if you already have one, there's really no reason at all to upgrade from socket 1155. However, I guess the new chipset is super power efficient and the new CPUs take a lot less power than the previous generation socket 1155 chips do. So in terms of laptops, laptops will be able to have desktop level performance and you know have a lot of savings in terms of power. So that's really super good news for laptop owners who are going to get you know the new chip because they'll have a lot more battery life and quite a bit more power. So if you've been looking to upgrade, um, now would probably be a decent time. Well, you know, soonish when uh, supply is a little bit higher and prices go down a little bit. But like I said, if you already have a socket 1155, there's really no reason to change it. But if you have something older, you probably should think about upgrading. And the news that was same as before, Much Ado About Nothing is now out. So go check it out if you want to see it. It seems like... Much Ado About Nothing is a limited release, so a theater in your area may or may not actually show it. Checking my listings in my area for my theater that I go to most often, it isn't listed at all. So I might not be able to actually see it unless I go, you know, further away. So I wish people good luck in finding it and uh, hope they see it and enjoy it. Epic is also now out. I don't know too much about the story. I know it's about, I think, a girl who gets shrunk down and she finds this whole other world, you know, that exists. You know, it's a magical world. Don't know too much about it. Looks pretty cool. I guess I forgot about it there. There was a lot of advertising and then they kind of stopped advertising, but now it's out. So if you are interested in 3D animated fantasy adventures, you might want to go check that out. Man of Steel, which is the new Superman restart. Starts on next week, June 14th. I'm actually really looking forward to that. I saw all of the original Superman movies, you know, when they were in theaters. And I always thought they were kind of okay. And, you know, for the time, they were good. It's a very different kind of Superman than we will undoubtedly see in Man of Steel. So I'm really looking forward to all the changes and, and what direction they go, you know, for a modern Superman. 
World War Z is due on the 21st, which I guess is a zombie movie that has been based on a book. I don't read, so I don't know. But it looks very cool. It looks kind of a little bit different from most zombie movies. Most zombie movies tend to do with, you know, sort of small numbers of zombies. This one, it looks like giant, huge, crazy numbers of zombies going everywhere. Looks very interesting. The expansion for Borderlands 2, Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep, is due out on the 25th. And that's all the news I have this time. So I guess that is it for this week's Rabbit's Ramblings. Hopefully everything turns out okay. I kind of did it in two little chunks of recording. Normally I do it all at once. But as you might notice, it's a little longer than normal. That's partly because I did it in, you know, a few chunks. But also partly because I've been kind of on vacation this week. The schools are closed where I work. Uh, It's shared by the school and the city. I work for the city. But anyways, um, they're mostly closed, so I only worked one day this week, and I had the rest of the time off, so I had lots of extra time to do extra things, and so that means you get extra stuff in the podcast, which is, you know, how I would like to have my life. I'd like to have a happy rabbit life and do more entertainment stuff and, you know, and share my thoughts with you guys who listen, and hopefully that gives you more entertainment stuff to enjoy your life with, and who knows? Maybe save you a little money here and there. But hopefully you found it entertaining and interesting. And hopefully I will see everybody next time. Okay, thanks. Bye. know a little bit better design in terms of where the camera pans because it doesn't it is it's, it's a so it's got kind of a, a it performs a little bit but if you have something older you probably should think about upgrading because you're old <laughs> well, I guess I don't need to say that He knows, Doctor. He has reasoned it out. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. 
If you friend me, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at rabbitdot.com. It's rabbit.com, but with not a period. When you type rabbit's ramblings, don't use the space. And be sure to put the number one in place of I whenever you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2013 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.